Okay, Chavra. So, Besiyata Deshmaya, we're going to begin. Welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for coming. I'm just going to be a little bit like last week, trying to manage all these different things and letting people in, which is okay. And we should be set. Besiyata Deshmaya. If you've taken a cursory glance at the source sheets, you see that there's an, a phenomenal amount to cover. We're going to try to do that in a time-efficient way because this is a huge, huge sugya and there were many, many more sources that I cut out that I included. And um, maybe we'll have a part two, maybe even, on this particular sugya. But let's, let's just begin and let's go with Siyat HaDashmaya and Atzfilat HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we should have Kvitsa Saderuch with this. I managed to get to the point. Which is, uh, which is, of course, every word. Every word is the point. There's no, like, we're not trying to get to the end. We're trying to get in the words that we're learning. And um, with Hashem's help, I hope that we'll emerge with a deeper perception of this thing called Shabbos that we're about to enter. Besiyat Rishmaya. If you remember last week, for the cover that we're here, last week we spoke about the concept of Yitzchak Avinu vis-a-vis Shabbos. We spoke about the base level validation or justification of our humanity where a person who has nothing, 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 nothing other than being human, he has a reason on Shabbos to rejoice. He has a reason on Shabbos to feel validated, to feel okay. How so? Because we said the Yitzchak Avinu argues on behalf of Am Yisrael when they have nothing left other than their humanity. And there's value in that because the Kodesh Baruch Hu created specifically a human being and not an angel to serve him. Now Hashem has many, many thousands and myriads of angels. There's something of value in being human that Hashem needs, so to speak. The Kodesh Baruch Hu has a stake in our humanity. And even if, like we spoke about last week, we're not living up to whatever ideals that we may set for ourselves, in the very possibility of us making mistakes and failing, well, that's where our humanity is. And so in a certain sense, there's value even in those moments where we feel as if we've relinquished all value by very dint of our being able to fail and our being able to experience limitation. And therefore we said that Shabbos in a certain way represents, we spoke about Malchus, and we spoke about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ultimate goal is for there to be an imperfect species that's able to recognize him, crown him king on the world. And that's what Shabbos represents, and that was its connection to Yitzchak, and the Menucha of Nayach, that was last week. Now, I want to take one step further now. I want to take a step further beyond Yitzchak and into the world of Yaakov Avinu. And the shift here being moving from a person who feels as if there's nothing other than an empty clee and an empty vessel and there being justification there to a person that deeply desires to connect to a point high, high, high up to a point of readiness to begin growing. Leaving the realm of the body and the humanity that's baked into it and entering into the realm of the soul and the desire to begin doing some of that work. And how Shabbos can enable us to begin to take those rudimentary steps beyond the experience of just, okay, I'm a human being with all the failures and all the brokenness that comes along with that. And I'm ready to move. And I'm ready to connect to something higher, something deeper. Let's begin with Siyat HaDashmaya. 
The Gemara in Shabbos tells us the following thing. Am Rabbi Yochanan Meshum Rabbi Yosi. Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Yosi, Whoever invests in the experience of pleasure and delight on Shabbos, and it doesn't just say, you know, keeping Shabbos, but whoever delights in Shabbos, they give him, he's given from heaven, what's referred to in the Gemara here as Nachla Belimetzarim which is a boundaryless inheritance. Nachla, it's a nachal, like a flow, like a, like a, like a, like a shotev, nachal shotev is a river, but a river is pretty much defined by boundaries on either side. Nachla belimitzarim is an experience of something that has no boundaries at all, at all, at all, at all, and extends infinitely, forever, in every direction. Shabbos gifts a person an experience of what's referred to here as a nachla belimetzar, an experience of an inheritance that's boundaryless. And as the pasuk says, "Az tisanegal Hashem." This pasuk is found in the Nevi'im after speaking and presenting Shabbos and keeping Shabbos properly. It says, "Az tisanegal Hashem." Then you're going to be able to take pleasure and delight in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Hashem will ride you or enable you to sit above on the high places of the earth, and Hashem promises that He will gift us with what's referred to here again as the portion of Yaakov, your father. And the Gemara continues, Not like Avraham about whom it said, Stand up and walk the land, La'arka, to, for, to its length. And not like Yitzchak, that it says, That I will give you the land, again, it's called Aretz all of these lands, but it's still a specification. It's still a specific promise, limited promise. Eloki Yaakov. Rather like Yaakov, Shekasov, that it says, Ufaratsta Yama Vekedma Tzafayna Venegma. There's no limit to the expansion of the Neshama of Yaakov Avinu through his descendants. There's no such thing as just being confined to one place, one land. Even if it's the land of Eretz Yisrael. It's the whole entire world. It's the whole, it's all the cosmos. It's every particle of physicality. Says the Gemara, that's Pshat on the Pasuk. If we'll keep Shabbos properly and delight in Shabbos, take pleasure in Shabbos, Hashem promises us Nachlas Yaakov, which we learned Yaakov meaning that kind of experience that's without boundary in all directions. Nachlas Yaakov is Nachla Bli Mitzarim, Yaakov Avinu. Now, before going further, I want to speak just for a minute about Yaakov Avinu, which I could speak for a very, very long time about Yaakov Avinu and the distinction between Yaakov and Avram and Yitzchak, perhaps, or any of the other Avos. What's unique about Yaakov and the spiritual Midah that Yaakov Avinu personifies, which is the Midah of Tiferes. Yaakov Avinu has a unique experience. We don't find by any of the other Shiva Royim, the other shepherds, any of the Nevi'im. Yaakov Avinu alone has the dream of the ladder. The ladder is on the ground, it reaches to the heavens, and the angels are going up and down this ladder. All the Svarim point out, doesn't say, you know, on the ladder, ba, 
are rather boy. And the boy is seen as referring to Yaakov Avinu himself. The Malachim are going sort of up and down. Yaakov Avinu himself is the latter. And in this imagery, we learn about the Jews' essence. This is what we're supposed to be. Sure, our feet are on the ground. Mutz of Arza. Our head, so to speak, the spiritual aspect of our being, our soul, our essence, is supposed to be rooted in the highest realms of Shemayim. And Malachi Elikim Oyulam the Svarim explained, the Kedusha Slavin of Shachayim, others, is referring to all the spiritual energies in the world that move up and down, have their experience of Aliyah or Yerida based on our boy, based on our actions. We're the ones who are really moving and shaking the whole world, which we literally do with the lulav. Or mama shaking the world awake. That's literally what we do. And then the Pasuk continues, Vihini Hashem, Nitzavalav. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Nitzavalav, translated, standing over him. But it's a very, very interesting lashon. It could say, Vihini Hashem, Oymidalav. Hashem is standing near him, upon him, over him. Nitzav, what's Nitzav? Say this for in particular this form of the Ishbitzer Tzadikim, the Meashiloach, the Beis Yaakov of Ishbitz. They say, you know what it means? Vini Hashem Nitzav Alav. Nitzav, he says, is a lashon of Matseva. What's a Matseva? Nebuch, a person leaves the world and we put a Matseva to mark the place where he's buried. Why? Why do we put a Matseva there? Because we want that to be a place. Hopefully, if nobody tampers with it, it should be there forever until Tchiyas Amesim. It should be a place where generations and generations can come afterwards. And we're very particular about making sure that we remember exactly where the markings are, particularly Tzadikim, that there are Messiahs, you know, where, particularly Rabbi Nachman, about exactly where he was buried, you know, all Messiah about that. Matseva means it's firmly rooted, not just it's there, it's a Matseva, it's meant to be there forever. The Svarim say that Yaakov Avinu's subjective experience is that he can go up and down the ladder. There's the up part of him and there's the down part of him in relativity to the objective presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I can either get close to God or I can become further from God. And Hashem is saying, Yaakov Avinu, that's your subjective experience. You know what the truth is? Vihine Hashem Nitzav Alav. Hashem says, from my perspective... There's no such thing. There's no such thing. There's a place where I'm bound with you that transcends your experience of Aliyah and Yurida. It doesn't mean it's not real. It doesn't mean it's imagined. It doesn't mean there's not truth to it. Of course there is. And there are places of Tahara and there are places of Tumah. And there are mitzvahs and there are not mitzvahs. And Sur Meirah and Asitav, all of these things apply. All these things apply. Thank you so much for coming. All these things apply. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says specifically to Yaakov Avinu, There's a place within me that has a connection to you, Yaakov Avinu, that never ever goes away. And indeed we find, specifically by Yaakov Avinu, that unlike Avraham who was able to have a child who wasn't a Jewish person, and unlike Yitzchak who was able to bring Esav into the world who was not a Jewish person, Yaakov Avinu's neshama is rooted in such a place vis-a-vis its relationship with its essence, the chelak elokamimal, a portion of, of the divine that's invested within this particular individual, that no matter what, his children and their children and their children, until the end of time, nothing needing to be earned. V'hine Hashem Nitzav Alav. Yaakov Avinu has this connection that's just forever baked into the spiritual DNA.
Yitzchak Avram Avinu gives birth to Yishmael. Yitzchak gives birth. We don't have time right now to get into the, to all of that. Why we're, I mean, we're going to touch partly on it. And, and maybe we'll develop these ideas. I'm actually speaking a little bit on that topic next week, Bezer Hashem. Not, not in this context. I'm speaking for Torah Way one of the mornings. And I'm, I'm speaking a little bit on that topic. I've spoken about it over the Yom Tov in the different shuls, actually. That was part of my Torah. But I don't have, I have time to get into that right now. But, but uh, that's a very, very deep thing. It's an important question. And we'll touch a little bit on it. A little bit. But Chazal tell us, what were the Malachim doing when they were running and down the la- up and down the ladder? Rashi brings, they were bewildered. They were bewildered because they saw Yaakov Avinu laying on the ground below. Thanks so much for coming. Right? They, they see Yaakov Avinu on the ground laying there. That's down the ladder. And then they hurry up the ladder because Yaakov Avinu's face is etched on the Kisiyah covered above. So that they can't, they're trying to reconcile these two realities. That on the one hand, the Jewish person is a human. But on the other hand, there's a part of Yaakov Avinu that's etched in, not pasted with like a little bit of tape, etched into the Kisya Kavit, part and parcel of the Kisya Kavit, but Omek made up of the Kisya Kavit in and of itself. Nothing extraneous. Etching is not that a person goes and paints something. That's already something that's applied to something else. It's one and the same, Miksha Achas. When Yaakov Avinu fights with the Sarishal Esav, the Pasik says, Vayis Abek Ish Imai. He fought. Right? With, with, with the Sarah Shalisa, they wrestle, they grapple. What's this Lushan? By Yisabek, that, they, that they, they wrestled. By Yeavik Ishimai. What's this Lushan? Says Chazal, the word Avak means sand. That's the root of this word, that they were wrestling one with the other. Says Chazal, what's sand? On one part, it means the sand that was stirred up by their struggle. But the Gemara says that sand went up to the Kisya Kavit. That's what Chazal say them. Went up to the Kisya Kavit. Say the Tzadikim, you know what this means? The whole thing of Esav, the whole thing of the Satan, the inner voice of negativity that's trying to convince us to pursue the lowly parts of us, the Mutzav Artsa parts of us, to forget that place in the Kisya Kavit, and wants to throw a bunch of dust onto it to cover it up. But ultimately the Tzadikim say that's all it can ever be. It's just a little bit of dust. What do you do with dust? You wipe it off. And the etching is still there. The etching is there. You can't even erase an etching. It's just there. It's baked in. This is Yaakov Avinu. This is Yaakov Avinu. With this in mind, let's move into the next source from the Heilig Nefesh HaChaim. Well, the Tzaddik says as follows, very fundamental thing. All the spiritual worlds, including our physical experience, as if there was a physical world, it's all an illusion, are wrapped up into four entities. And we refer to them as worlds, but I don't want us to think about them like just like we live in a world, there are three other worlds. That's not what we're speaking about. We refer to them as worlds because each one is a dimension in and of itself. But it doesn't mean like another planet somewhere, right? It means there are four fundamental interlocking dimensions to our existence. What's the nature of the four and in what way are they positioned? The first of the four is nearest to an experience of divine as divine, Ein Sof. And then from there we get closer and closer and closer to a realm of limit, which is the process of tzimtzum, of constriction, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu enclothes his godliness again and again and again in different ways where we approach limitation until finally this process culminates in our physical world. We say four, but that's like the broadest way of referring to what's called the Seder HaHishtalshalist, this chain of emanation. But each of those four contains within itself an infinite uh, um, continuum of these four levels. And they're made up of ten spheros, these ten kinds of energies. And each of these ten contains ten, and each of those ten contains ten. It's an infinitely complex system. And all this is happening right now as we speak. And it's accessible as we move through different states of consciousness, which maybe we'll get to. So here he's speaking about Hegetasio. Here he's speaking about these four levels. And they are as follows. The first level he refers here to the certain kind of malach called an ofan. And that's rooted in the spiritual aspect of our physical world. Ofanim, these type of malachim called Ofanim. That's called the Olam Ha'asiyah, the world of action. Move up a level, and that's the world of Yitzira, the world of creation. And there we have a kind of angel called the Chayas. Not getting into this now, just trying to do it as quickly as we can. We move one level beyond that, and that's the level of Berea, creation. It's more elemental than formation. Formation means you have something and then you form it into something else. And then finally, Asiya, right? But the world of Bria is creation. Boom, yesh me ayin. That's where, from our perspective, ayin, which is nothingness, which is the, 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 the incomprehensible and the ineffable absolute, becomes something, so to speak, vis-a-vis our perception. That's the world of Bria. That's the world of Bria. Yesh me'ayin, and he says over here that what's in the world of Bria? The Kisei HaKavod. The Kisei HaKavod is in the world of Bria. The time you think about the, world, the word Bria, Kisei HaKavod. And then the highest level is referred to as Atsilus Kodshay. Have you ever heard the Olam Atsilus? The highest place. What's Atsilus? Milashen Etzlo. Etzlo means something that's near HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the place we refer to as Ayin. It's really nothingness. It's like existence before it even emerges from our perspective. So we have Atsilus, which is Ayin, nothingness, so to speak, godliness. But the first, first, first beginning, a dawn of the possibility for creation to emerge. Then we have Bria, which is a Yesh, Me'ayin where something begins to emerge from nothingness and becomes quote-unquote something, but it's still very elemental. It's still like just silly putty. It didn't make it into anything yet, but it's there. It's the material. Then we have the world of Yitzira, which is the third, which is the world, world of formation. Okay, now things start to become specified. And then finally, Olamasia, which is our reality. Of course, these four levels are bound up with the four letters of Hashem's primary name. Yud, K, Vav, K. Because we don't say this word, we refer to it as the Shem of Havaya, right? Which, which is also letters Yud, K, Vav, K, which is out of order, so you can say it, the Shem Havaya. But the truth is that the word Havaya is a word. It means something. What does it mean? Creation. The Shem Havaya. Havaya means creation. That means that these four letters of, of Yud Kevavke encompass all of creation from the first emergence of the possibility of, of something being formed that's not God, so to speak, at least from our perspective, and finally culminates, boom, in the last hay, which is our physical world. 
When the Svarim say, anytime you say the name Yud Kevav, even though we don't say it actually, only the Kohen Gadol says on Yom Kippur, in the Kodesh HaKadashim. But when we say Alev Dalad Nun Yud, which is the way that we express that name Yud Kevavke, he says you're literally carrying all of existence in your mouth. It's a, it's a frightening thing. And that's why Lysisa Shem Hashem Lashav is such a big deal, I'm not saying Hashem's name in vain. Because to utter that name is literally to hold within your mouth, within your capability or capacity of expression, not just this whole world, but everything that is. Yud ke vav ke. Seeing the gematria of the letter vav as six, which is what it is, plus one for the last hey, so we're not taking the five of hey, but one in and of what the letter is. It's just one letter, right? So the last hey, and then the vav, which is the last two letters of yud ke vav ke, we have the number seven, right? Seven is the realm of nature. Seven is the realm of nature. Seven is the realm of this worldliness. Everything in this world is seven, if you ever noticed. Everything in this world is seven. Seven colors, seven, seven musical notes, seven days of the week, seven classical planets, seven metals, seven seas, seven continents. Everything, everything, everything in this world is seven. In the nature, natural world, everything is seven. Yismchu HaShamayim, the Pasuk says, let the heavens rejoice. Vesagel Ha'aretz, and let the earth exalt. Let it, let it rejoice as well. The Rosh HaTevis being Yudke Vavke. So Yismchu HaShamayim refers to the spiritual realms. That's Yudke, that's the higher realms. Vesagel Ha'aretz is Vavke, that's, that's our reality. That's the sevenness of nature. That's the six of, Yud, of the Vav, together with the one of the last letter of the He. And that's, that's the realm of seven. That's what we refer to without getting into the depth of it, that's the lower seven spheros out of ten, right? So we have ten creative energies with which Hashem creates the world. The first three correspond to the thought process that goes into creation. And then the bottom seven is like, okay, once we have the whole blueprint planned out, but that takes place in a hidden spiritual way, in the same way that our thoughts are hidden, but then they manifest in, in action. And that begins with the hands. That's chesed, gvura, tiferes, netzachod, yesod, malchus, seven energies, the lower seven energies. But that's this world. That's the vav hey. What do you get when you go beyond seven? Beyond seven is eight. Eight is miracles. Eight is miracles. Eight is eight days of Hanukkah. It's a total, total miracle from a realm beyond nature, shattering nature comes from a place beyond. Eight is the days of the bris, which enables us to reign over our nature, right? Our natural humanity. The bris gives us the capacity to overcome, to recognize there's avoda in that place. There's avoda to do. Shemir sabris. To overcome. Eight are the tzitzah strings. Four and four. Which enable us to tap into that energy of working on this Indian of bris. Re'isem oyser zachartam is called mitzvah Hashem. We can do it. We can overcome. Eight is always one above nature, nature being seven. What's the one above seven in Yudke Vavke? Well, if Vavke is seven, the one above is the world of hay, the first hay. That's the realm, if you remember, where I in nothingness, which is the which is the Yud, starts to become somethingness. 
Interesting place. It's the bridge between nothing and something. It's the birthplace of something. It's the womb within which nothing begins to turn into something. This world of the hay, which is referred to as the hay ilah, the higher hay vis-a-vis the hay tata, the lower hay of Malchus, that last hay, is referred to as either the olam habria, which we already said, the world of creation, right? Creation is something from nothing. Or it's referred to as the sphera, the energy of bina. Bina. In the literal level, it just means comprehension, right? Bina. But what is bina? As a cognitive process, how is it different from chachma? Because chachma is just a flash of, of awareness, of consciousness. Boom, it's a brainstorm, it's an idea, it's, it's an insight, flash, like lightning. Bina takes that flash, which is essentially nothing because it comes and goes, and it wasn't due to anything we did in order to deserve it or, or work toward it, it just was. Moment of inspiration, and it begins to work, it begins to work with it. It begins to prepare it for capacity to become actualized in action through the hands, which is the next level down, chesed, gevura, tiferes, netzachot, and so on, the vav and the hey, to bring it down into the realm of the revealed, the realm of the perceptible. That's why there are 50 gates of bina. Everybody knows, right? There are 50 gates, you ever heard? 50 gates of bina. Hamishim shari bina. Why 50? Because we said before that seven is nature. Seven times seven is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate pinnacle of nature. It's like seven kaful, seven. In Kabbalah, in, 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 in number, so times is the accentuation of a thing. It's not this plus that. It's this times that. Fifty is one above. Seven times seven is 49. Fifty is one above that. So just like Bina in its plain form is eight, one above seven, Bina as the 50 gates of Bina is one above 49, which is seven times seven. And this, friends, is the inning of the Kisiyah Kavah. This is what the Nefesh is telling us. Four levels. What exists in each? Atzilus, Ayin, Etzlo, next HaKadosh Baruch so to speak, nothing from our, from our standpoint. The next world is the Kisiyah Kavah. That's the world of Bina. That's the world of Bria. That's the world of one beyond nature. And then we get into the world of the Chayis, which is Yitzira, and then the Ifanin of Asiyah. Because things begin to unravel, at least from our perspective, after the world of Bria, or in Bria, which is yesh me'ayin, what's yesh? Yesh, if it's not godliness, so then it's somethingness, and somethingness is, 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 uh, is, is splintered. Somethingness is an experience of fragmentation. That's what this world is. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is echad. Only the world of spirituality subsumed within the absolute is echad. So that realm of Bina is a world of of oneness. It's a world of oneness. And it is, paradoxically, the place where multiplicity is sweetened because it is the source from which multiplicity comes. And so if we wanted to climb above multiplicity, that's the place. But paradoxically, it's also the place from which multiplicity emerges. And it has this dual nature. On the one hand, it's the start of Din, the Zara Kaddish refers to Minadin Mesarin B 
Bina is the place where din, where fragmentation begins, but it's also the place where din is sweetened. It's also the place of hamtakas hadinim, because the only way to really fix something is at the source. It's the birthplace of the problem, but it's also the birthplace of the fixing. That's a little crash course on a lot of things, but on Bina. Let's go a little bit further. The soul of each of those levels is the level above it. So it's all relative. Because one thing is the quote-unquote body vis-a-vis the thing before it, but it is the soul vis-a-vis the thing after it. And this is how it goes in all the levels. This is called hitlabshut, hislabshus. One level, like layers of an onion. One level is the body vis-a-vis the higher level. But it is the soul vis-a-vis the lower level, which then becomes the outside. And so it goes from level to level to level to level as godliness, as it were, encloses itself in such a way that we can perceive reality without realizing that we're literally sitting within divinity. But we perceive it as as a world of limitation, as a world where things begin and things end. And it's true from our perception. From our perception, it's true. But it's important to understand how we got here and how we can get out. As the Pasuk in Yecheskel says, When the Chayos moved, and the Chayos again are rooted in the letter Vav in the world of Yitzira, so then the Oifanim moved. The Oifanim being the level below them, right? Because they are the soul to the level below them. When they moved, when the soul moved, so to speak, the, the, the layer be, below them moves. Because the spirit of the Chayas was in the Oifanim. Even though they're two different levels. They're two different levels of angels. But ultimately, when one moved, the other one moved. The Pasuk continues, when, they, when the Chayas stopped, so the Oifanim stopped. When they moved, the Oifanim moved. Because they were the soul of the Oifanim below them. And he says, ultimately... That the chayas of the higher world, which are the soul vis-a-vis, the, vis-a-vis the, the angels in the world of Asiya, they themselves are the body vis-a-vis the level beyond them, which is the letter He, the first letter He, which is the world of the Kisei HaKavit. Even though it's being carried by the chayas, <laughs> it's being carried. It is carrying because it is the soul of them. Just like the Arin. The Arin is not carried by the Kayhanim. When the Arin moves, they move. It was Zerah Chadash Yisrael, and the Zerah says the same thing. The Chayas Natlin Lidinatlin line. The Chayas carried those who were carrying it. Again, those who were carrying it is the body, vis a vis the Chayas themselves, which are the soul. And then it goes on, and it says the Kisiyah covered, which is the first He, carried the Vav, and the Vav carried the, the last He. And so it goes, with each thing being the body, vis a vis the level before it, which is the soul. Okay, what's the soul of the Kisiyah Kavad though? Meaning, what makes the whole thing move, right? See, so Atzilus, what's that? V'nishmas ha'chayim shal ha'kisei Husoy shorish ha'elyon Shal klalas nishmas Yisrael yachad He says, what's atop this whole structure is the collective soul of the Jewish nation rooted in the original thought that Hashem had when wanting to create this whole world, which we discussed at length last week, Yisrael alu b'machshava tchila tchila, before anything else, 
is the essential birthplace of the Jewish nation on the level of koyach, before they actually are born and emerge. Just the thought of them, the essence of them. That they are rooted in a place higher than, even beyond the Kisya covered itself, which is referred to in the Pasuk in Cheskel, which talks about a man sitting above the Kise. Who's that? He says that's the Jewish person. And the collectivity of the Jewish nation, which manifests as fragmented soul shards within each and every Jewish individual from Avram Avinu all the way until the end of time. Like the Pasuk says there, that's what's above the Kisya covered. And that's the collective soul of the Jewish nation. But where do our souls begin to emerge from in their uniqueness? Where do they begin to emerge from in their uniqueness? The answer is, we begin to emerge in our uniqueness as individuals from underneath the Kisya covered. Where the Pnei Yaakov is Chakuk. As an individual with a face, with a name. As our father, as it were, our forefather in this world. Below the Kisya Kavad is where the Neshamas begin to emerge in and of themselves, even though we're rooted in a place higher than the Kisya. Each and every one of us have inside of us different levels of our consciousness, different levels of our functionality. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida. We have these five levels of functionality. Nefesh is just the animal soul. Ruach is the spirit. Neshama, that's hard to translate, right? The, the breath, soul. And then Chaya and Yechida are, are above and beyond, right? The living life force and then the essence, the unique essence. But on the level of Neshama, that's where we begin to operate as independent beings. Neshama correlates to thought. Ruach correlates to speech. Nefesh corresponds to Maisa, to action. And that's how we are as people. We think, we speak, and we act. Chai and Yechida don't really have an overt manifestation in our experience. Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, Chai and Yechida. So again, if you're keeping track, if these levels align with the four levels that we spoke about, even though in this schema there's a fifth, we didn't get into that, how that correlates to the worlds and the spheres, it does. And the shame of Yud Kevavki, even though there are only four letters, but the Yud, the first Yud, has a tip of the Yud, and that's an entity in and of itself. We're not going there now then our independent neshamos begin on the level of neshama. And that's third out of five, right? And so if we're counting back from the letter he, it's he, vav, and he, which is the, the kisiyah kavit. That's where we begin to emerge as individual souls with individual characteristics and traits and capacities and abilities. That's our departure from the realm of oneness on a soul level, subsumed within the collectivity of Am Yisrael as a whole, into the realm of separateness. And that's why Rabbi Nachman says, in the Kutumran Tenyan of Zebachinas, the Pasuk in Eev says, Me'achez penei kise, of those who hold on to the kise covet, says the Rebbe, Every Jew needs to bind himself with the root of all souls. Ha'chatsuvais mitachas kise covet, which are etched out from underneath. Mitachas from underneath the from the world of Bria, Yesh Me'ayin, where there was a place of Ayin, and then Yesh, something begins to emerge on the level of Neshama, Sheibachinas, Eim Kolchai, which is compared and, and, and considered the mother of all being. Because again, it's the womb. It's the place which was empty, and then within which something begins to take root and emerge.
Now, friends, something happens to us. Something happens to us. Because we're speaking about this ethereal root and this place of collectivity where everything is really rooted in, in this amazing place beyond Neshama, right? or the very beginning of the emergence of Neshama underneath the Kisya covered, where things are aligned, things are etched in, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu has this relationship with us. But something along the way goes wrong. Because I at least, and I'm sure for most of us, we don't really live in alignment with that part of us, right? Or that's, that um, perception of our identity all the time. We sin, right? Sin, it's a terrible word, it doesn't. It's a terrible translation of chet. We, the word chet means to miss. We miss. We don't always meet the mark of what we're actually after, what we're striving for, what, we're, what, what we feel deep inside we need to experience for our survival, for our, for our ability to be okay, whatever, whatever, however you want to refer to it. But we, we do often miss. Where's the root of all of this missing? It's got to be the first sin, which is the chayt eitz hadas. Everything, everything, everything is rooted in that. Any deviation is rooted in that first decision of man to choose something other than the expressed will of the Master of Heaven and Earth, of the Creator of the world. Says the Zohar Kaddish and Parshish Emar. A little bit later, Adam and Chava stray from the path of faith. And they left what's referred to as the Eitz in the Tree of Life. Which in Kabbalah, the word Ila is always a reference to Bina, to the world of Bria. We said before, it's called the He Ila, right? The lofty, elevated He, Kel Elyon. The word Elyon, Ila, is always a reference to Bina. And it's Yichida'a. We said that's the realm of oneness. They let go of that place, of that perception of their identity. And they enter themselves into an experience of reality where things are differing, where there's opposites, and where there's fragmentation, and where there's multiplicity. From good to bad, which is of course the Eitz Hadas, all of a sudden there's Tov and Ra. That's only possible in the world of Yitzira. Which I'll Kabbalah, without getting to the depth of it, everything is so deep. The Eitz Hadas, Tov and Ra, is the world of, is the, right, is the world of separation, and is the Eitz Hadas, Tov and Ra, is the world of Yitzira. It's called Klipas Noiga. Because there are six contrasting levels within which all of reality, at least halachically and religiously, and Jewishly, are split. There's Tamei Tahar, Mutar Asar, Kasher Pasar. Six. Tov and Ra. Three on the side of Tov, three on the side of Ra, six being the Gematria of Vav, Vav, be, Vav being the Vav of Yudke, Vavke, the Olam of Yitzira. The place where Bria begins to fragment into all these different kinds of midos, we let go of Bina, which is the olam of the Eitzachayim, which he refers to here as the Ilana Yechida Ila'a. And we held on to the lower realm. We let go of the place of Veroisha Magia and we started to assume the identity of the Sula Mutz of Arza. Vinachtu Me'elu 
And they rested from above and they rested below. And they became rooted in the lower realm. And they left that place of Ila'a, which is Bria Bina, which is the realm of oneness, the realm of unity. In the realm that doesn't ever change, which we're going to get to in the next source, that doesn't ever change. They left all of that. The Pasik says that a Kaddish Baruch who created man straight, just one, on one path. But then But they let go of that realm of Bria, of the Shoirish of their Neshamas, and they began to seek in a life that takes this world way too seriously, way too seriously. Which is all rooted in that first letting go of the Eitz that they were commanded to eat from. And instead they take from the Eitzadas Teverah. Says the Zayar, yes, this is exactly what it means. They held on to Cheshboinus Rabbim. This became their major issue. Sometimes all the different, different kinds of ways in which things are splintered in time and in space and in the identity. Whatever, whatever way they chose to connect to it. They connected themselves to this tree of alternating states of reality instead of maintaining a connection to that which is just one. It's just one. It's just one. Why what? It's very, very deep. It's very deep. Why did they let go of that place? What were they looking for? What were they afraid of? Because most, most of, of the things that we do or don't do are motivated by fear very, very deeply. What was it very deeply that they were afraid of? It was very, very deep. And I think we can talk about that for, for a long time, but we don't have the time right now. But Be'ezer Hashem, that's something that we should think about. And, and not everything should go said. In this realm of Torah, it's like, it's just true. You know, it's not a realm of like machlikis that you learn a sugya and this one says this and that one says this. This is Taras Emes. It's just, everyone agrees. It checks on all accounts everywhere you look. It just is, you know. So I think it's beautiful to create spaces for further thinking. That's, that's really the ultimate goal. Not just to, you know, that we, should, we should really develop minds that are fertile for this kind of contemplation, you know. So that's a, that's a great jump, jumping point, launch pad. That was the root of sin. And again, also, because that's the root of the way that we experience things, every deviation that I have in my life is going gonna, is gonna to be a little bit of a, a, of a reflection in a fragment of that source. And so I don't need to look very far. <laughs> I need to look in my life. It's not a question of why Adam and Chava let go of the Eitz of Chaim. It's why I fill in the blank, right? It's why I speak Lashon Hara. It's why, it's why I, right? And, and so it, 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 it requires us to really reflect on the, so to speak, the Adam and Chava in us that are listening to the Nachash in us, right? And that can help us try to figure out and project back onto their root experience. And of course, there are many, many levels. Now that's the shayrish of chet, of missing. What's the shayrish of tshuva? If you remember, we said before that everything needs to be fixed in its root. If that's where it broke, that's where it's got to be fixed. Says the Zara Kaddish in Shir Hashirim, such a beautiful Zarakadash. The Pasik in Tehillim says, What 
We're just gonna before we go into the actual words, let's just translate the pasuk. On animals that were going in a famine and they were walking and they didn't have any any food and they were the oxen were walking and they were crying as they went. The Gemara says, and then they planted. And it was a nace that happened by Yavavirina. And on their way back from the field, the seeds had already begun to sprout, and they had food, and it grew very, very quickly. By Yavavirina, they came back with joy, of carrying stalks. That's what the Gemara Darshan is based on this Pasuk. They went and they were crying. And then by Yavavirina, and then they returned with joy. Says the Zara, what's it a reference to? Apipnemius. What's the, what's the soul of it? What's the depth? They were going and crying. This is a reference to that he ho- he walks and he and he and he walks along and he's crying because of this deviation and this illusion that Am Yisrael are falling for, which is that we are rooted in this world and we're not connecting to the root of our soul. So the man what's what does it mean that they were? Holding, they were holding a measurement of, of Zara, of seeds. So he says, This is the secret of the Kisei HaKavit. Kursaya is, is Kisei, is a chair. Yukara is HaKavit, is precious. A glorious chair. This is the secret of the glorious chair. Because the job of the Kisei HaKavit again is to take the Zara which is the world of Atsilos, right? The seeds, the shayrish of our identity, and then like a womb to be kolet, to take it in, to hold it, and then enable it to become an individual. So that's what's referred to after halach yelech when Hashem is crying over the sins of the Jewish nation, noise meshech hazara, but there's a fixing. Where does that fixing take place? In the realm of kursayi akara of the kisa ha-kavet, alma which takes from the root of the souls in the world of Atsilas, and like the womb brings it in and allows for the ayin to become yesh, to bring forth Paris into the world. He says, when Am Yisrael call out in tshuva, kol, like we say, kol moment, right? Tshuva, tfilo, tzedakah, what's tshuva's kol? Tfilo's kol, but... One of them is connected to the concept of tshuva, calling out to God, to call out to Hashem. Even though they are not fitting, even though on a certain level, there's a pigam, there's a chait, there's a missing, there's a deviation, there's a misidentification with the lower parts of us. Even though this is true. HaKadosh Baruch Hu elevates us. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu waters us. Water from what's referred to as this very, very, very deep, deep spring. Deep spring. It's called deep because it's up beyond this natural world. And we think of deep digging down. We could also dig up deeply. So dig up deeply. What do you get when you dig deeply beyond the world? You get to the world of eight, to the world of Bina, to the world of Fivdi, to the world of beyond 49, to the world of, of Bria. And from there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu draws down water. Water that's cleansing. Water that David HaMalach calls out for when he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, I will throw upon you water 
and you shall be clean. Water, this is the concept of the mikvah. The mikvah is the womb. The womb is filled with water. Surrounds us on all sides. We emerge from the mikvah like a ger, like different, a dip, reborn. Reborn. We don't have a connection. A ger doesn't have a connection with his biological parents. Reborn. The mikvah does that. It's the mikvah is the water of the nachla, a mikta. Of that place of this deep spring of bina, of bria which is the concept of the womb. Lev tar bira li elokin. Bira, bria, yesh And David Amalek says, recreate me. Beruach nochein chadish bekirvi. Rav Nassim says, is the first breath that a person takes. After you hold your breath under the mikvah for a while, you pop up, you take, a, you take that first breath. That's beruach nochein chadish bekirvi. He says, the mikvah is lev tar bira li elokin. It's bria. It's the womb. It's the place that you can be reborn. You hold your breath. And when you're, when, you're, when you're ready to go, you pop it out and you take that deep first breath. That's Ruach Nachal and Chadesh. Because you're new. You're new. Mayim Tahoyim Vitarta. V'ishtalei Nikol Citrin. And it's complete on all sides. Kedain Bayavai Berina. And then we can return in great joy. Yavai is return. Yavai is tshuva. We're returning. That's the sort of tshuva. The beneficiaries of the completion and the blessing and the holiness that's given upon us. In the beginning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was walking and crying because of our state rooted in the world of Yitzira, rooted in the world of the Etzadas Toivira, rooted in the world of the lower perception of our ego, splintered away from the, divi- from the divinity at our core. But when Am Yisrael go back, the Gemara in Yuma echoes this Zarekadosh, of course, in, in a Nigla-oriented way. Amar Rebelevi, Gedoyla Tshuva, greatest Tshuva. And very few people understand this, unless you really understand the Omic of everything that goes on. You can't really understand Agada. You can't really, because Agada is really Kabbalah, just in disguise a little bit. The Gra writes, in Eben Shlema, he says, Roiv Sisrei Taira, all the mysteries of the Taira are found in Agada. And we skip Agada, or we laugh at Agada, we don't understand Agada. Agada is really the soul of Taira. Reb Levi says, Tshuva is great. Because it goes back to the place of the Kisei HaKavod. As the Pasuk says, Shuva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Elokecha. Return Yisrael until you get to the place of Hashem Elokecha, which is a reference to Bina, Hashem Elokecha, because the name that's associated with Bina, without getting to this now, is the shame Yud Kevavke with the Nekudas of Elokin. That's how we refer to Bina. In the shame. It's Yud Kevavke with an Akudas of Elekin. So Apipnimi is Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Elekecha is Bina. And Bina is the Kisiyah Kavad. Gedoyla Tshuva, greatest Tshuva Shemagas at Kisiyah Kavad, because it brings you back to the place of Kisiyah Kavad. But Apipnimi is what's the Kesha between Tshuva and the Kisiyah Kavad? This. That at our core, at our root, rooted in Yaakov Avinu, who's etched into the Kisiyah Kavad, who Esav's dust can do nothing. To conceal. And if it does succeed, it's only temporary because Vihini Hashem needs of love and a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. End of story. When we're able through tshuva to circumvent all of our wanderings in the fields of Cheshbonus Rabin and to reconnect with the part of us that's Asalikim as Adam Yashar on the level of Asalikim reborn, Levtar Birali Elokim, 
we're able to reconnect with that place that's immutable, that we can do nothing to sever. We're able to tap into the place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu always has space for us, always, no matter what. We're able to rejoin hands with the essence of our identity. And the collectivity of our bond with all of Am Yisrael who are subsumed within the Divine. Yisrael Allah not because of anything we did to deserve it or not deserve it. That's the sword of tshuva. Because you should, hold on one second, sorry, because you should have to pay for tshuva. It's like, it's, it's a service. Like, what, what, do you, what, what do you mean? You could just do tshuva? Like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you paying? And the answer is no. The premise of tshuva is that my relationship with Hashem, but omek, is rooted in a place that has nothing to do with deserving or not deserving. It's rooted in a place that goes beyond me. It's rooted in a place that goes beyond, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire for me. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's connection with me, that even though even though there's an experience subjectively of going up and going down, and Hashem wants us to strive, and Hashem wants us to work, and Hashem wants us to try the, to, to, to become beacons of His light in the world, but Hashem needs of a love. And that's the sword of tshuva. That's where everything is fixed. That's the realm where the breakage happens, the potential for breaking. And that's also the root. But the Zara Kaddish and all the Sadiqim tell us, we can only sweeten judgments and separateness in the root. Very, very quickly as we're running out of time. Yeah, okay, so we'll save for afterwards. Says the Hiligama Arinayim, with this we'll try to bring it to an end. Might go a little bit over time. I hope you'll forgive me, but it's worth it, hopefully. Based on everything that we've said and everything that we've learned, now we're in position to understand this very, very involved paragraph, very difficult paragraph. Says the Ma'arinaim, there's a realm in the upper in the in the, in the upper world, in the upper layers of reality that's called Shoifer Gadol. Blow the great shofar. What's the world of the great shofar? It's called Alma de Cheres. It's the world of freedom. Why is it a world of freedom? Because limitation is constriction. What does it mean that I'm in handcuffs? It means that I can't move. I'm limited. I'm constricted. I'm stuck. Freedom means that there's no, there's no boundaries. It's beyond. So then I'm able to go ahead and connect to a realm of freedom that's going to be connected to the world of Bria, Bina which is beyond the stuckness of existence, the limitations of day and night and summer and winter, and, and the limitations of being human, which is already in the world of Yitzira, yesh mi yesh, okay, it's stuck. The world of Bria really is rooted in the higher part of Bria. It's oneness we learned. It's the world of freedom. Alma de Cheres. And when we allow that reality to manifest within this realm, because it's the soul of the realm of Itzira, and the realm of Itzira is the soul of Asiya, so in a certain way everything is aligned, everything is wrapped up like layers of the onion, and so we can experience Bria through Yitzira, right? But within this world as well, in as much as that realm begins to settle within our experience of the limitations of reality, Freedom, freedom, freedom we could experience. When do we blow the shoifer? We blow the shoifer yoivel. What's yoivel? Yoivel is the 50th year. Why 50? Because 50 is the 50 gates of Bina. And what does yoivel mean? Yoivel means that everything go, goes free. All the slaves go free in yoivel. 
Everything reverts back to its initial standing, its initial place, Yoival. Because Yoival is 50. What's 50? One beyond 49. 49 is 7 times 7. This is the realm of nature. What do we do? We blow a shoifer. What's the shoifer? In and of it, the very physical form. That's what a shofar is. karasika. It goes from the narrow end, wider and wider and wider and wider and wider, until if you can imagine a shofar that never ends in its widening grasp, it would, it would include infinity. It would just be infinite forever and ever and ever. Why not? Anani bamer havka. That's a shofar. From limitation, fragmentation, little sp- sp- a speck here and a speck there, to the world of everything. We blow that yovel, the 50th year. That's when everything goes free. Because 50 is one above 49. And that's the realm of oneness. And that's the realm of everythingness. That's when all the slaves go free. In this world also, yovel is called the 50th year. And here he says it. And that's why it's in bold. This is connected to the 50 gates of Bina. Like we said, that Bina is the place where what? Where Dinim judgments begin to emerge. Concealment, the experience of a limit, our experience of a world of limitations, that's where it starts. But that's also the place where we can hop beyond it. It'll be when you get to that place of the 50th, which is one beyond the 49ness of nature. Nimtakim kol hadinim. Said nimchakim. It really should be nimtakim. Nimtakim kol hadinim b'sharashim. That's where everything gets sweetened in its root. Achal oylem azeh ini yachal lavaikim b'tshuva. Says the only way to get into this world is the experience of tshuva. Kihu oylem hatshuva. Bina is the world of tshuva. Like we just learned from the Gemara Nyuma, greatest tshuva because it's magasat kisi akava. Now we understand why. That's the fixing. That's the womb that fixes everything. That's the realm of our source, of our shayrish, of the Pnei Yaakov, of Yini Hashem Nitzav, of that eternal connection that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has with us that goes beyond deserving. This world, Bina, is the place where creation begins to unfold from. Because the creation is in seven days. And it starts from the Svira of Chesed. Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzach, and Malchus. That's the seven days of creation. That's the lower seven energies, the lower seven spheres. Okay, but where does everything begin? One above said, Bina. Shenemar oilam chesed yibana. So the world starts from chesed. Ah, but the word yibana is the same letters of Bina. <laughs> so oilam chesed yibana. You know, it's really, it comes from Bina. Oilam chesed yibana. Where do things begin to be built? Yibana. There's always here's Bina. But oilam chesed. Right? The world starts from chesed. What do Chazal tell us in the Mishnah about Tshuva? Came, it was one of the things that was created before the world. Says the Maranam, you know what that means? It's because it's rooted in the place of Bina, which is before the world. And that's why Tshuva enables me to go back in time and change everything. Not just to erase what was, to undo it b'shayrish. That it wasn't done. Because Tshuva enables me to go beyond the place of me that wanted to do something lowly that was out of alignment with the true Ratzon that I have, which is to allow HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence to manifest through me, in my learning, in my davening, in my midos, in all the things that I'm trying to work on. That's the real me. That's the face of Yaakov that's etched onto the Kisya Kavit. That's forever. That's eternal. And, and right there, all the worlds are created. When we come to this world, 
Everything, everything is battle. Kinase beri amichadash. We become a new person. Kihu yoytzeberashis. That's the realm of yoytzeberashis. Let's go quickly to the finish line. Says the Agra Kala. With this we get to Shabbos and the Mamash will finish up. Vayavorecha lekimes yamashvi vaykadosh oisek yivashavas mikomalachtai asher asher bara lekim asher asa. Asher Asa. Vayvarech alikimis yamashvi vaykadish oisa. That's next. Vayichulu hashemayim ha'arts v'chol tzvam vaykadikim yamashvi mikomalate asher asa. Right? Kadosh Baruch Hu rests from everything that He made. What's Asher Asa? Which He made, but it's it's like an extra word, right? Asher Asa that He made. Mikomalachtoi. <laughs> right? Just leave it at. What's Asher Asa? Says the Hedek of the deepest thing in the world. Nirul Rames. Hayois Yadua Asher Bina. He says these three letters, Asher, are a reference to the world of Bina that we've been speaking now for the last hour. This is what really we're coming to the end the last couple of minutes. Why is it called Asher? Because the word Asher means like Ishur, like to allow something, to allow something to be. To set something free, asher, approve, right? Make something happen. That's what the alamat tshuva is. I was stuck in a certain cycle of behavior. Did tshuva? Boom, asher, ishur, you're free, you're set to go, you're approved. That's the world of asher. The Shabbos who shares the tshuva, and Shabbos is bound up in the world of tshuva. We discussed that last week. On Shabbos, a Jew returns out of the, out of the muddled experience of the Masia to a higher state of being. You can go up, you can go higher, you can go out. Shabbos is Oisius Tashiv. The word Shabbos is the same letters as tshuva to return. If you take the letter Shin and you go one letter before it, what do you get? One letter before Shin, Resh. One letter before Bez, Aleph. One letter before Taf, Shin, Asher. Asher, the word Asher is the word Shabbos on a more elemental level. The root to which we are returning through Shabbos, the world of Bina, the world of Asher. Ishur, Lahiris, Shekhoidam HaShabbos, Yildu B'chinaz Asher. Before Shabbos, you get to the place of Asher. Shabbos is the ability for us to really realign ourselves. It's the springboard. Because of its and that's what it means. Shabbos was crowned from a long time ago. He says, The word Rosh is Asher, is those three letters that come before Shabbos. Mikedem. It's telling us, look at the letters Asher, which are Mikedem. They come before the letters of Shabbos. Telling us, Shabbos is tshuva. Where am I returning to? Asher, which is the world of Bina. Bina being connection to the concept of Nacha, like we learned. And that's actually a pasuk that says that a Kaddish Baruch who told Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu was recounting all the cities that they were able to conquer, and they said, Asher Banachal, that are in the Nachal. But al Pisoid, this is what it means. Asher is Bina, Nachal is Bina. Asher Banachal. Shabbos, we go to the Meroish Mikadam, Roish Mikadam, Asher Mikadam. Ratzalema Asvan, Roishim Kedam Lasvan, Shabbos. These three letters, Roish, come before the letters of Shabbos. Venerus Gam, the Sayyidakos of Tachas, Ashaloya Vadadas, Ashamadakacha Besimcha. Underneath that which you didn't serve God with joy. Ratzalema, Ashaloya Shamashabbos Besimcha. 
You didn't, you didn't experience Shabbos with joy. Shehu tachas asher. What tachas asher? What comes after, right? Beyond asher. What's tachas asher? What's beyond the letters aleph, shin, reish? Beis, shin, tav, which is Shabbos. We're not going to read the rest inside because I want to close now. And the next piece, which is Kedah, to see if yourselves can take the source sheets home and really review this over Shabbos and just... It's very, very important, Sugya. With this, we're finishing. Reb Nassim says that we can connect to this place even through Ratzon, even not through Tshuva itself. If I can't, I can't do Tshuva. It's too hard for me. I can't go through the whole process. I'm not holding there. Want, he says. Want, yearn. He says, yearning will take you to that place. Read it inside if you can. On Shabbos, and then the last piece from the Zohar, two lines, we'll read it and we'll finish. Rabbi Yezer, Havi Yosef, Havalot Eber Raisa. Rabbi Lezer was sitting and learning Torah. Also, the Gabi Rabbi Kiva, Amalei B'mai Ka Asik Ma. Rabbi Kiva came and he said, what are you learning? And he said, Amalei B'hai Kradich Siv. He says, I'm learning a Pasuk in Shmuel that says, V'kisei Kavari An Chileim. Then I will gift them with the kisei covered. I will inherit them the kisei covered. Ma'u kisei covered yanchilem, zeh Yaakov Avinu. That's the kisei covered. Kisei covered yanchilem. What's yanchilem is nachal. Nachal is bina. All these things are connected together. With this, we can now return to what we began with. A much deeper understanding of what Chazal need to tell us. Whoever enjoys Shabbos properly, serves Hashem with simcha, tachas asher, serves HaKadosh Baruch with the joy of returning to source, which is the highest joy there is, which is the joy of freedom, which is the joy of breaking out of the constriction of the way that we ordinarily live during the six days of the week. Shabbos is a taste of what? Of Olam Haba. Olam Haba is Bina, is the world of Chayrus. They give us Nachla, Belimetzarim. Nachal, reference to Bina, Belimetzarim without any constrictions, without any limitation, beyond the world of seven, beyond the world of 49. How? Not like Avram, not like Yitzchak, where still the relationship could be perhaps conditional. But the Nachlas Yaakov, as the Pasuk says, Vahachalticha Nachlas Yaakov Avicha. Yaakov being connected to the Kisya Kavit, the realm beyond the splintering of reality, the realm beyond the experience of the Hinesula Mutzav Artso, where we start to connect to the Itzadas Toivara, to a lower realm, rather than identifying with the essence of what, what it is that we truly want, the place where we are truly free, even though sometimes we look at Torah Mitzvahs, like that's what's enslaving us, Ki'ilu, like freedom is doing what the Guf wants. No, Tafuch, Tafuch. And we'll learn that at some point in our life. We have to learn that. It's hafuch. It's the biggest insanity. We're never happy that way. We know that. Hafuch. To return. What Shalashud is called? Rava de Ravin. The essence of will. The essence of desire. Shalashud is the essence of Shabbos. Three meals on Shabbos are connected. Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Shalashud is connected to Yaakov. It's the essence of desire. Rabbi says desire brings us to the world of Bina. That's the face of Yaakov and the Kisiyah Kavad. That's where everything is fixed. That's the womb that enables us to be born anew so that we can leave that realm of the Eitz Das Toivara and begin to, to connect to the true Eitz Chaim, which is what Shabbos is. And Shabbos gives us the strength to march out into the next segment of seven, but safely rooted in our essence of who we really are and what it is that we truly want to experience that place of Nachla Belimetzarim. There's no limitations because it's not conditional on anything you may or may not be able to do. It just is. You just are. Our holiness is rooted in eternity. Netzach Yisrael lo yeshaker. Ashreinu matayvcha keinu chavra. Ashreinu. to review this and to get clarity in this. 
And uh, this is the kind of Torah I think that our souls are desperately yearning for. And uh, what a privilege to learn these words with you. So thank you. And I went way over time. And I really apologize, but thank you for sticking with me. And I hope it was worth it. <laughs> thank you so, so much.